The Cambridge Dictionary defines the verb grace as being in a place and making it look more attractive. Well, that's the thing about parenthood. Sometimes it's the last thing you think when you hear that word. But to us, for something to be beautiful, I mean truly beautiful, it has to be imperfectly perfect. There is no right way to be a parent. There is only doing it to the best of your ability. And that is what we define as growing with grace. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, guys, and welcome back. Episode 11. We're going to continue this series with um, birth stories, and today we'll be talking about Jeffrey Thomas. Hey, guys, it's Tyla. I just wanted to remind you to check out our website, growingwithgracepodcast.com, and to follow us on Instagram. We are now live on all major platforms. You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you have any ideas about an episode or any questions for us, you can send us an email at growingwithgracepodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, let's get into it. 11 episodes. So Jeffrey Thomas, um, let's start with when you found out that you were pregnant. Were you planning for it? How old were you? kind of the, a little bit like the beginning of it. So I was 25 when I found out that I was pregnant and I was 26 when he was born and no, he was not planned. I can remember the day very well. Who was the person that you told you, (laughs) you actually. So it was a beautiful Saturday. It was the day after one of my best friends had just gotten married, um, Joelle and Jeff was taking flight lessons at the time to get his private pilot's license. So it was a a really nice uh, day in October. It was really sunny Saturday. He was out doing that. And I had had a dentist appointment earlier in the week, but I was switching dentists and they wanted to do an x-ray. And I was like, no, I don't need an x-ray. And they were like, well, we have to, because you're a new patient. And I did, I remember looking at the, the form and it said like, are you pregnant? Is there a possibility that you could be pregnant? My period was actually late that week. And so I didn't, I was like hesitant to check the box, but then the, the dentist's office, like they were just super rude and weird. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go get my teeth cleaned somewhere else. So I literally, I've never done that before, but I literally walked out of that dentist's office and was like, I'm, I don't like that place. And then, so that was probably like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then that Saturday I was like, okay, my period's like over a week late. This is kind of weird. And I had a pregnancy test from the dollar store, like the ones that literally cost a dollar. It was probably like five years old. It was at the bottom of my bathroom closet. Yeah. But you know what? Like one real pregnancy test, like from Target and stuff they're, or CVS, they're so expensive. Mm-hmm. They're like $20 and for like a mm-hmm. one or two pack, like it's outrageous. And honestly, I have used the dollar store ones before too, and they haven't been wrong. So they work, they work. So that, that might be a little bit of a a hack for anybody who's trying to plan for a baby and you may not be getting pregnant. It can be very expensive. Like Kiana said, so Mm -hmm. dollars for pregnancy tests absolutely do work. So, um, I remember, I remember I was like, Oh, what the heck I'll take it. So I took it. And it's one of those ones where you don't pee on the stick. You have to like pee into a cup and then dribble the pee into the stick for it to read whether you're pregnant or not. And I remember taking it putting the pee on a little thing and, and putting on the back of the toilet and then hopping in the shower. <laughs> I got out of the shower and I can remember like seeing out of the corner of my eye, like the two stripes. And I was like, no way, no way. I, it was a surreal experience for sure. And I couldn't call my husband because he was literally flying a plane. So the first, person so called, wait, have you taken, have you taken pregnancy tests before? Or was this like the first one you've ever taken? Oh yeah. I've taken them before. Yeah. So like you, not that you like knew what you were doing, but it was like, you were like, oh, two lines. That's, I know what that means. Oh yeah. I I knew what, I knew what that meant. Yeah. There was, there was no mistaking it. And I was like full blown, like panic, like, oh my gosh, what do I do? So I called you, you didn't answer right away. I think I texted you and I was like, pick up your phone. So you called me (laughs) back and you were like, Hey, like, I can't really talk. Like I'm at Maria's like what? And I'm like, I FaceTimed you. And mm-hmm. I showed you the the stick and you were like, oh, you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And you're like, yes, you are. And I was like, I wanted to take a nap. We were supposed to go out to Treehouse this afternoon. That's a, a brewery that's really popular in our area. And um, you were like, well, I don't think you're taking a nap. And I was like, it's just a dollar store test. Like, it can't be right, right? And you're like, oh, they're right. But go to the store, buy another test. And like, oh my God, you're going to have a baby. And yeah, 
So that was that was that. Should I yeah, should I talk about what happened when Jeff found out? You can. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Jeff got home. I had gone to Target. I bought another Oh, another I re- one. I'm remembering. I'm remembering right now. Like bringing back did. all the bringing back all the memories. Yeah, so all the feels. I went to Target. I bought another stick. I was like, I need to buy something. So I found this mug. Target has really cute mugs, and it said "See the Good." And I was like, okay, this seems appropriate. So I got that. I got home. I wrote like a letter for Jeff, and um, I ended up peeing on the second two more pregnancy tests and actually Marshall's because I, I was like, I don't want to go straight home. I still had a couple of hours till Jeff was done with his flight lessons. So I went to Marshall's, like looked around, but I couldn't really focus on anything. So I just went home and, and sure enough, both of those pregnancy tests were clear as day pregnant. Um, oh my gosh. So I got home. I wrote this letter to Jeff. He got home and I was sitting on the couch folding laundry crying. And he was like, what did somebody die? What? What? are you pregnant? And I was like, oh, yeah, yes. and I pointed into the kitchen and he like went in there and he was just like, Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh wow. And he just like laid down on the floor in the living room, just like on the hardwood, just like sat there and just couldn't move for a little while. So it was definitely a shock for us both for sure. Mm. So I, I know that we had talked about it. We'll probably do um, a little while from now. We'll do like pregnancy stories, but this is more of like the birth story. So were you, did you go end up going into labor naturally or were you induced? So naturally I was 41 weeks and six days when my water actually broke on the morning of July 7th. And as you would have, that it, is like, you are so funny. That is like, literally, like you're very numbers, especially like when I edit this, you're like, to the month, to the day, like you're very a numbers person. So it's so funny. You're like this many days, this many weeks, this, this long, this day, this time, exactly at this minute. I remember. Yeah, it was, I was on the phone with you as I am usually most mornings and I I had really bad cramps. Like I kept thinking, I felt like I was going to crap my pants and I didn't know what was going on. I was on the phone with you and, um, I thought I peed myself or something and I went to the bathroom (laughs) and like, I like squatted on the floor because I just I felt like this pressure and I was like oh I like ate something I didn't agree with and then I could see like stuff dripping out of me and I'm like hmm it was clear mostly clear but like kind of had like a reddish blood tint to it and I'm like what is that pretty sure I took a picture of it and sent it to you and I'm like is this my water breaking and you're like I don't know and then I was like yeah whatever and I went, I think I said it was like the mucus plug or something. It looked like the, it was like thick. Yeah. I'd sent you a picture of like something in the toilet from the day before. That was definitely my mucus Ew. plug. Ew. Too much information. Not everyone wants to know that. Whatever. This is, this is, it's going to get, it's going to get grosser guys. So yeah. Then I went back into the kitchen and all of a sudden I felt like way more wetness and I'm like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I think my water's breaking. So I, I took a shower because I wanted to be clean before I went to the hospital I called my doctor's office. They opened, I think at like nine. So I called them then. And they were like, you don't have to wait until we open. Like you could have literally called like the on-call line. And we would have told you like, yeah, you need to get to the hospital. They're like, you have some time, but like, don't take your time. So get to the hospital mm-hmm. soon. So I remember telling Jeff, like, oh my God, like it's time. it's time. So we like rushed to get everything in the car and we were on our way. And I literally thought I was going to like walk into the hospital and like a couple hours later, like, boom, have a baby man was I in for a surprise did you use medication when you so how did that go when you walked in yeah so we got to the hospital around 10 and I was in quite a bit of pain I remember so there's that like I don't know how your hospital was but you you go in there's this room one through 10 chart there's this like room set up and there was other beds in there there were no other women like being checked at that time so we had like a pretty big space to ourselves so they checked mm-hmm. me and they said, you're about 80% effaced in two centimeters, which really isn't that. I mean, it's like my water had broke. So yes, I was in labor, but um, it wasn't like it was go time or anything like that. It's so funny how that works because I was over five centimeters when I went in with, um, well, Jack, I was further along, but it like my water never broke. They had to break my water for me, but I was more dilated than what you were, but mm-hmm. your water broke. Yeah interesting yeah I was I mean I was acting like a crazy person like that last week before I gave I actually was like checking my Instagram stories because I documented like everything on Instagram so if you follow me go look at my highlight reel 
for the end of my pregnancy and my birth story because those are both there too and it definitely was giving me some flashbacks to prepare me for this conversation but yeah so I was dancing and like walking like 20,000 steps a day like leading up to it I was like trying to to brave my water um and also too they say if you if you do the thing with your husband that adult stuff that adults do that that can sometimes help like you lose your mucus plug or do that so I like forced Jeff into doing that adult thing with me. Oh, that, that. Don't say forced. Don't say forced. That's not good. Yeah, he, he like refused when I was that pregnant. He's like, you're literally crushing me and you breathe so heavy. Like this is not enjoyable. I was like, are you kidding me right now? That is so rude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so, so we got to the hospital around 10. They checked me. They're like, oh, you're not that far along yet. And I, I was like, what? Like I'm in so much pain. So they hooked me up to like an IV. I don't really know what that did, but I remember I had this like IV and like it was a thing on wheels that was kind of connected to me when a contraction would hit I would literally like need to hold on to Jeff because I was like oh like it was just miserable and I remember being like I need to go poop and they were like okay you can go poop so Jeff had to like accompany me into the bathroom and that was an experience to like try to poop with him there while I'm like moaning in pain it was just like wow but yeah so I ended up getting my epidural around 12 and it wasn't like a super lot, I guess. I don't really know how they measure that, but like I could still move my legs. I could still like pick my butt up on the bed. And I remember I was getting some like burning in my abdomen on the right side. I was like, I'm getting like, like, it doesn't feel like it feels like my insides are burning. I kept saying, so the anesthesiologist, not the anesthesiologist, what are they called? The epidural guys. Yeah. I think it is anesthesiologist. Oh, well, I, they, I think they are the anesthesiologist because e- epidural is partial. It's like a type of anesthesia. Anesthesia. Why I, I thought they word? had a different name. I don't know. Whatever. He came in and he was like, yeah, we can give you like another type of medication too, but like it's strong stuff. I think it was. Fentanyl. Well, it's a spinal, it's a spinal tap. So they, that's what they do sometimes like in surgery too. So I do know. So I had like an, I had an IV as well and like a button. Well, no, I don't know. I don't know where I I was. I had my epidural, but then they also were giving me fentanyl, which is like a pretty strong. It is an anesthesiologist is the one who gives the epidural. Sorry. I just looked it up. Yeah. Yes. So, so they were giving me fentanyl too, which is a really strong drug. Like that's what they use like to wean people who are addicted to like heroin off of heroin, I believe. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that normal? I honestly don't know. I think that there's, there's a lot of different options for like pain medication. And going mm-hmm. into it, I had no idea what my options are, but next baby, I'll definitely be researching that some more because one of the things with like fentanyl is that can really like constipate you afterward. And like, after having Jeffrey, I remember feeling like I had to poop so bad within the next few days. Well, I, but I, I think a lot of pain meds do that. I think yes. a lot of pain meds do that. Cause I've heard other pain meds having that same. Correct. Symptom. Correct. But I don't know. I don't know if fentanyl is worse than the others or what, but. Yeah. I kind of wish too, that I, I would have tried to hold out a little bit longer to get my epidural. I don't know if this, this is like just what I think. This is my opinion. I feel like because I got my epidural so early, that was part of the reason why my labor slowed way down. And yeah, but didn't you just say you were in like immense pain? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember. You just, you just said that you were in a lot of pain when you had went in and you said your insides were burning. So I know it's kind of like a catch 22. It's like, do, would you rather be in a lot of pain for a little, for a little bit less time or not so much pain and labor for a long I feel like because I've been through it though, like next time around, I can be like, you know what? Like I can maybe, maybe get through it. Cause I kind of know what to expect. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I like the idea of trying to have like a natural birth unmedicated. I, I honestly do like the idea. And I know so many people are like, that's crazy. Just get the medicine. Like you're going to be so much happier, but honestly, I, the pain medication. Yeah. I wish they would have given me like some sleep medicine because I did not sleep at all. While I, was I don't there. think they can. I, know. I don't think they can because it'll put the baby to sleep. And then like when delivery happens, they probably like, can't get their breathing. Probably not like good, but that's what I, what, what I needed because I was so like hopped up on energy. I couldn't sleep. And I just wish that I could have slept because. Yeah. That's, that's everyone, especially with the first time, like no one's going to, no one can actually be able to. And even, I feel like no matter even seasoned moms, 
when you're in active labor, like your body is trying to birth a child, like good luck. Like if there's one thing to keep you up, it's probably the fact that your body's trying to bring someone into the world. I've listened to other, other women say that like that had long labors like I did they're like yeah you know once I got my epidural I finally was able to like sleep and that was so great and I'm like how did you sleep I was just so excited but I don't know I don't know yeah definitely it's it's interesting and and it's so personal um like like the whole like birthing naturally or like the epidural and I know that I both kids I used the epidural and I had recommended it to one of my a couple of actually a couple of mom friends had asked me what my experience was and what my opinion was and um, I had said I used it and and that's because I felt like being in pain um, makes it really hard for you to be able to focus or in my opinion it it would have made me hard to focus on and really be present in the moment because your mind is so wrapped around the feeling of pain because pain is just that's what it is it's pain it's consuming And, um, I actually had like two or three mom friends come back to me and say, like, they were thinking about the natural birth. They decided, they decided to get the epidural when they were there in the moment. And, you know, because of what I had said, and they couldn't have been more grateful that they cited it because they felt like they could actually be present and be there. But I've heard other stories about people who have done it. And, you know, they say it's a magical experience, but at the end of the day, like you're like, it's 100% up to you, like your body, you're the one that has to go through it. So I think it'd be interesting to see what you actually end up doing for your next one. I'll probably hearing, you know, you're really honestly, like, I don't think I have the guts, like do it unmedicated. I can sit here and say like, I don't want it, but I know when it comes down to it, like, I don't think I have a super high pain tolerance. So, so we'll see. We'll see. Right. And, and, and it's all about like the whole experience is magical, whether you have an epidural, whether you don't, whether you bring a child in vaginally or whether you have a C-section, it, you're, you're bringing life into this world and it's unique and it's magical and it's a beautiful thing, no matter which way it goes. Oh, for sure. And that's what you got to take from it. Yeah. So, okay. So, so keep going. So you, you were, you were, you got the epidural and then what happened? So I got the epidural and then we just kind of sat around Jeff proceeded to like eat several meals in front of me. And I'm like, I hate you. (laughs) You didn't threaten his life. Like I did with Nick. No, I like, I, I, I fully understood like, okay, he needs to eat. He needs to get some sleep because that's good. You're a good, you're a good partner. He needs needs to be like well-rested and fed. So that way he can take care of me. Cause I knew like, once I had a baby, like I was going to be like needing him to wait on me for everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So they gave me the epidural around 12. They kept kind of checking me. They're like, yeah, everything's going pretty slow. So around 7 PM, they started to push Pitocin and holy smokes. Pitocin like is no joke. Like then I would get these contractions and I was like, oh my gosh, I can feel these. So they ended up giving me more pain meds at some point. And when they did that, I could no longer feel my legs. I could no longer move my legs. It was the weirdest feeling. I hated it. I was kind of like, okay, I kind of liked it before where I could feel more pain with these contractions, but I had some mm. control over my legs because at that point, like everything just went completely numb and that was weird. And then, like I said, I, it was probably like seven, eight, 9 PM. Jeff was trying to snooze. He had an eye mask on and like, uh, the thingies you put in your ears, earplugs, <laughs> but the thingies you put in your ears. But yeah. I, I could not sleep. I was like updating everybody on Instagram. Like, Hey guys, it's, 9 30 p.m. and I'm still pregnant and I just kept doing that and then at about midnight or 1 p.m. or I'm sorry 1 a.m. they were like okay you're 100 percent effaced and you're you're nine centimeters so like it's go time it's time to start pushing and so they kind of all left the room for a little while and I told Jeff like so technically our hospital had a policy where you were not allowed to like record the birth but we brought our GoPro I was like Jeff set up the GoPro like hide it in like a shoe or something oh my god we're recording i think that's like illegal if they say that you can't do it you probably shouldn't say that whatever (laughs) so yeah so we set up the gopro and then we came in and my doctor was like all right there's a woman next door she's about about to give birth like who's gonna who's gonna give birth first she's like i know you're a power lifter so you're gonna push this baby out in under an hour oh my god that's so funny that must be a story they tell because that's exactly what they said to me with jack they didn't say it with grace but that's exactly what doctor he said that he had a bet with the other doctor to see if I would have the baby first. I know. I remember you telling me after, afterward, after Jeffrey was born and I was so mad. I was like, what did she lie to me? You were there. You were there. No, you were literally there. I don't remember that. I don't remember. He literally walked in and he was like, okay. Like he, he was there as soon as I got in. Cause Jax was shorter, but he was like the lady next door, me and the doctor got a bet. Like 
you got to push this on the next like 45 minutes for us to win. And I was like, all right, but that, that looks funny. It must be a thing that doctors say. Maybe. Yeah. Cause like, it, it like gassed push. me up. I was like, yeah, I'm a power. Mm-hmm. I'm going to push this baby right out. So you do a couple of practice pushes and then you start to push. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, she's got a full head of hair. You're doing great. You're doing great. And I felt like the first hour, I was like, this is easy. This isn't so bad. I was like, people complain about this. Oh, okay. And uh, my doctor was like, yeah, okay. I don't know. Like, calm down. And then about like, a- so wait, you weren't in pain. Mm-mm. I was not in pain. At this point. Nope. I couldn't really feel anything. I didn't feel like I was doing mm-hmm. anything. Like I didn't even know I was having a contraction, but they'd be like, they'd look at the monitor and be like, okay, you're having a contraction push. And, mm-hmm. um, so before I could t- try to backtrack a little bit, when I was pregnant, I was doing physical ther- pelvic floor physical therapy and my, mm-hmm. my PT taught me different techniques on how to breathe. So most people do a closed glottis pushing, which is when you tuck your chin, you close your eyes and you're, you're holding your breath and you're pushing like that, Mm -hmm. but that can be like really strenuous on like your blood vessels and it can be whatever you're, you're not breathing. So it can be like harder. Like there are different techniques, like breathe through your labor. And I, that was what I had wanted to do. But my nurse and my doctor were like, no, you're not doing that. Like just bear down and push. And I was kind of mad and I'm like, well, that's not what I want to do. And they're like, trust me, just bear down and push. That's going to get the baby out. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I knew how to push because I had done all of this PT, but like I kept pushing and they kept saying like, okay, every time you push and like when I stop, he like goes back up. And then the doctor ended up realizing that his head was turned. It wasn't like facing the correct way. So mm-hmm. his head was actually stuck underneath my pelvic bone. So every time I would push, he would come down a little bit and then I'd stop pushing and he'd like go back up. So they had, she mm-hmm. tried to actually like manually turn his head by sticking her hand and arm up inside of me and trying to turn his head. And at first, like the first few times, that's like an actual procedure. I've heard, I've heard, I don't, I forget the name of it. Yeah. I, I know that that's something that they actually do. They do that. And they also do like over the stomach. They try to turn too. Well, so his body wasn't work? turned. It was just his head. So she was just trying to turn his head. Cause he, he kind of like had had his, his head turned to the side. And mm-hmm. the first few times she did that, I didn't really feel it. Um, and they were like, yeah, like he's stuck basically. Um, but they were like, we think you can get him out. So then, I mean, labor is exhausting. Like it is hard work. And after about two hours, I was like, okay, I'm getting exhausted. I was starting, like my mood was just definitely like starting to like wean down. So you were tired from pushing, but now back to the pain thing, were you in pain? At this this point, like I was like my epidural was starting to kind of wear off. They kept trying to manually adjust him with her hand, like up inside of me. And I was like, mm-hmm. I looked at my doctor. I'm like, you're hurting me. And she's like, I'm sorry. I have to try to do this. And I, I was just like, I started crying. And I like the, the nurse was like, Oh, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I was very nice to everybody up until this point, but I remember like not looking at her, but just looking straight ahead. And I felt like there was like a demon inside of me. And I was like, I'm not afraid I'm in pain they were like whoa okay um so this continued to go on for like probably another hour and they're like we could try the squat bar do you think you could get up and squat I'm like I can't even feel my legs how am I going to do a squat but if you don't know what that is it's basically this bar attack they they fold the bed up they put this attachment onto the bed that kind of it's like a metal um, bar that goes over Mm -hmm. the bed and then you can kind of like hold on to that and like get down into a squat position. And mm-hmm. it was all upper body strength. Like I had no leg control I, and I was just like, I was holding on for dear life. I don't think it helped at all. I, I was like in so much pain. I was like, no, I need to lay back down. Like I'm going to fall. So they, they got me back down to like a laying down position. We tried on the side. Like he just was not moving. And I like looked at the doctor. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. And the nurse was like, don't say that. And so my doctor like, said to me and Jeff, she was like, listen, his head, because of the way that he's positioned, like, mm-hmm. it's just going to be very, very, very hard to get him out. She's like, you're exhausted. And I can like, you're, you're at the point too, where you're losing a lot of blood. So we don't want you to like pass out. She's like, we can try using a vacuum assisted delivery and that might work, but I'm going to give you like one more contraction, like three or four more pushes. And if you can't get him out, we're going to have to get you into an emergency C-section. So at that point, I like looked at Jeff. He had tears welling up in his eyes. Like he was about to cry. And I was like, no, you can't cry. And he was like, I don't know. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And my doctor was very 
not against the C-section, but she was like, cause at the point I was like, just get him out of me. Just, I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I can't do this any longer. Like I would have, if she said, if she recommended the C-section, I would have said, okay, let's go do that. But she said, I really like C-section is our absolute last resort. Like, I think we should try the vacuum. She's like, there are, there are risks associated with it. And she went over all of those, like, and they were kind of scary too. They were basically like, yeah, it could cause like brain damage or it could give him a hematoma or damage his skull. And I looked at Jeff and I'm like, uh, like we had to sign papers that said that we were okay with her using that. Mm -hmm. So the vacuum isn't really like a vacuum. It's more like a plunger as a suction cup onto it that they stick inside of you and it suctions onto the baby's head. And she said, it's not like you're not going to have to do anything. You're still going to have to push really hard and we're going to pull. So as you push, we pull and that tries to get the baby out. So mm-hmm. uh, at this point, like the room flooded with people, like probably 10 people came in. And I don't know if those were people that were getting ready to possibly prep me for like the C-section. I don't know if they would have done it in that mm-hmm. room or if they would have wheeled me somewhere else, or if they were just like, okay, we're going to have a baby. And they just need that many people in the room to tend to the baby and to me. Not sure. So it was my doctor, a resident doctor who was like in school learning. And I kid you not, they both were like holding on to this thing, pulling with their dear lives. I'm pushing with all I have. And the vacuum um, actually detached from Jeffrey's head twice during this process. And you just heard this, like this popping noise, like imagine like a suction cup letting go. Mm-hmm. And I was so afraid. I was like, oh my God, what happened? Is, is his head still attached? Like, is he okay? <sighs> oh my God. <laughs> Is his head still attached? It, it sounded awful. Like I can't explain it to you, but it was really scary. And the fetal monitor, of course, is like right next to me. The nurse is reassuring me. He's not in any distress. His heart rate is fine. Like it's okay. So they tried again. And, and this was like my last push that they would, they were giving me. And I just mm-hmm. closed my eyes and I just like gave it my all. And then the next thing I knew, like, splat, I feel like this warm, wet, steamy flesh on me and Jeff's like open your eyes open your eyes and I I opened my eyes and I'm like oh my god and I saw Jeffrey for the first time and I had a baby so yeah it was it was a wild wild experience so in total I pushed for like three hours right afterward I thought I pushed for like six hours so that's what I was telling people (laughs) but no it was three and I was very close to having a c-section but we got him out yeah, sounds like it was a group effort. What was Jeff doing during all of this? Just like standing beside you, eyes wide, and like, go ahead, Ty, let's get this out. You know, it was a really amazing experience because, like I said, when all those people came in, like Jeff, mm-hmm. my nurse, those other people, I felt like a marathon runner and like I was getting ready to like cross the finish line because they were all cheering for me and they were like, come on, you've got this. Jeff's like, mm-hmm. let's effing go. Let's go. <laughs> He was like, like right by my head, like, like screaming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I think like as somebody who is an athlete, like that really motivates me to have people literally screaming at me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not everybody wants that, but um, yeah, Jeff was, I think at this point too, Jeff was getting a little, like, he told me after the fact too, like he was, he was afraid he, he like saw how much pain I was in and he was just scared. Mm-hmm. He didn't know what the heck was going to happen. Um, so yeah. So they plop the baby down. How, 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 so did you, in, like, it sounds like the hospital did a pretty good job despite you having, you know, some minor complications. It sounds like it was a pretty good experience overall. It doesn't sound like there was anyone that you were like, I hated this person. Or... No. Yeah. All the people were wonderful. My doctor was absolutely wonderful. So funny story too, about my doctor is uh, we were talking about this a little bit in Kiana's episode with Grace's birth story, how she had the same doctor, Dr. Cooper, and he was the one to deliver her baby. So with me, my doctor, um, she was the one who I went and saw when like, I found out that I was pregnant and she was like, okay, so for your pregnancy, you'll be seeing all three of our doctors at this clinic. And when you go into labor, it will be one of us three delivering the baby, depending on who's on call. And so I saw all three of the doctors throughout the pregnancy. I definitely preferred two of them over one of the other ones, but they were, what did you end up getting? They were all great. So when I ended up getting to the hospital, they ended up telling me that none of my doctors were on call and that the doctor that'd be delivering my baby was some doctor from some other place that I'd never met before. <laughs> and I didn't really have a choice over that. And I'm like, okay, great. But because I was in labor for so long and I didn't actually mm-hmm. like when the shifts changed at like midnight or whatever, my doctor, the one that actually like 
is my primary OBGYN ended up being on call. So I got really lucky with that, with that, and that she was the one who delivered my baby. Ultimately, yeah. she's the one with the pop, the, the vacuum and everything. Yeah. And I really trust her. She's really super down to earth and like, just really funny. I, you just had a good connection. Right? Yeah. I remember when, I found out when we went in for our first appointment, when I was pregnant, she said, so people are going to tell you that you're eating for true. That is, or eating for two. That is absolutely not true. Do not do that. You only need like a couple extra hundred calories per day. So don't eat more than you need. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's good advice. Um, but yeah, so my doctor was, was really great. She was really helpful. And so were the nurses. The nurses were good. Our GoPro yeah. ended up dying, I think like an hour and a half into it. So we do have like footage of me laboring, but not of the baby actually being born, unfortunately. And they said no recording. So yeah. Which is so silly. It's not like I you could plug it in. Or... I mean, I'm well, sure because it's a liability. liability but... we're to die, yeah. We're to like die on the table and it's just a liability. Yeah, well, and then if I'm I did sure die on the table, their... I want that recorded yeah but they they have to give you permission to record them whatever so yeah okay so um what did you like about the hospital and what didn't you like I know you said it was kind of dark and dingy which you didn't really love but what or was there anything that you did like about the hospital I have to say like the first two rooms that I was in so that first room when you first get there they check you and then they wheel you into like they're like okay yep you're staying that room was fine. Mm-hmm. The room that I like pushed Jeffrey out in was fine. It was like a well-lit room. I think those rooms can actually turn into like an OR, like say you did need a C-section. So that was a very <laughs> bright room. It was pretty big, but that's not the well, room that good. you stay in like after you are done having the baby and then you go recover. And I think that's probably standard at most hospitals. Like you have the baby in one room and then you go into a different recovery room. Is that how it is at Kimball, or do you stay in the same room the, the whole time? Nope. So you, um, well, you like, like you said, when you first go in, you go into like this main waiting room and there could be other moms there, but there wasn't for me both times. And then you go into the, and then they put you into your room and then you stay in that you have the baby in the room and then you stay in that room the whole time. Oh, okay. Why you didn't stay in the same room. No, you no. So the room that I went in is in three rooms total. So the first one, when you first get there, they check you. Then I went into this other room where you have the baby and then you go into like the recovery ward which was basically like a very small outdated hotel room, basically um, mm-hmm. that had like the bathroom and stuff like that. I wonder if that's because like you have a higher volume of people. So they have to have like specialized rooms to hopefully like be able to turn people out. Did you end up getting your own room the whole time that you were there? Yes. Or? Yes. We had our own room. I don't think the, the recovery rooms, they're not big enough for there to be more than one people. I think so. Because mm-hmm. like I said, the room that I gave birth in, I'm pretty sure they can turn that into like an OR if they do need to have a C-section and so mm-hmm. there's way more medical equipment. It's way more brightly lit. It's bigger. Those rooms than the rooms that like you recover in, you don't need as much of that medical stuff. Right. But I don't, I don't know if given the option, like would I rather have a smaller room and make sure and know that for sure I get to keep the room by myself or have a bigger room with the potential of maybe if there's another mom recovering, you'd have to share a room. Like, Oh no, I think I'd rather have a smaller room. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But I just like, um, I don't know the, the nurses, my doctors, all of those people at the hospital were absolutely great. They were, they were, they were wonderful. I remember after I gave birth to, um, she wasn't a nurse. She was like the nurse's helper. Mm -hmm. So she would kind of come around like a CN, CNA or whatever. I don't even know what she did, but she would, or like a medical assistant. She was just so kind. She would bring me like, um, more bathroom supplies if I needed that kind of stuff, more blankets or Mm -hmm. you name it. And she just was just the sweetest woman. So everybody that was at the hospital was really, really great. The actual hospital itself was just kind of like dark and outdated and I didn't like there were no windows like you just couldn't see outside which just felt really claustrophobic mm-hmm. like a prison so almost kind of yeah so did anything funny happen happen while you were in labor though any good stories like <laughs> I'm sure a bunch did but I can remember that it was probably around midnight and the doctors and nurses had kind of like left the room and were like okay try to get some after rest. you gave birth no this was, Before. this okay. was like while I was still like in labor, but wasn't ready to push yet. So it was around midnight and Jeff was like asleep. And I was like, Jeff, Jeff, wake up. He's like, Oh, what? And so I was like, wake up. So he got up. He's like, what? I'm like, get me some food. He's like, you're not allowed to have any food. 
I was like, I don't care. They're not in here. Give me some food. And he's like, what, what do you want? I was like, there's a backpack full of snacks. Find me something. I was like the fig bar. Kiana packed me fig bars. Give me the fig bar. So he's like, you're not supposed to eat this. I'm like, just hurry up and give it to me. So <laughs> you're like threatening his life. Just give me the food. So he gives me the fig bar and I eat it. And like, it's just those small ones. It wasn't even much of anything. And then after I ate that, like, of course, like the nurse comes back in and I started getting like severe heartburn. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's such bad heartburn. So I like looked at the nurse. I was like, Hey, I have heartburn. I was like, can I get some Tums? And she's like, well, why do you have heartburn? You haven't eaten anything. And she like, looked at me like she knew I had eaten something. And I'm like, I don't know. I just have heartburn. So, um, they gave me, I think they gave me some Tums, but she, I definitely think she was catching on to the fact that I had eaten something. She had an idea. Yeah. So how many people were there when you gave birth? Was it only Jeff? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Right. Cause COVID. Yeah. So Jeff was only there because of COVID and we were just allowed to have one support person. Um, so it was, it was just my husband, no, no birthing coaches or anything like that, which honestly, like, I'm not mad about, um, it was, it was, it was a long time. So for somebody else to be there, I feel like that would have been really probably draining on that person as well. So what time did you get there for Jack's birth? How long were you at mine? For, well, Jack came pretty quickly, but I feel like it was, you went into labor though, pretty late at night. Cause I remember I was getting ready to go to bed. Yeah. I think it was like, yeah, it was. Cause Jack was born like right after I was trying to have him on the sixth and he was born on the seventh. Yeah. So I remember I was getting ready to go to bed. It was probably like seven or 8 PM and I drove. Yeah. But when did I call you? Do you remember? Probably around seven or 8 PM. You're like, I'm at the hospital. You better get here. And I was like, okay, I'm getting in the car. I, I left Ellington. <laughs> And probably got today Kimball around like 9 30, 10 p.m. Right? Mm-hmm. What's what time was he born? Like right after midnight. Yeah. It was like just after midnight. I was really upset. Why? Because I wanted him born on the sixth, because I like even numbers, not odd numbers. And my birthday is the eighth. So I really didn't want to have him the day before my birthday, but just so happened. <laughs> that's how it happened. That's how it that's how the cookie crumbled. Yeah, let's not talk about birthdays. um so yeah so it was was just Jeff there when when I gave birth because of COVID which we're still dealing with COVID and there's now like an uptick in cases and a new variant and so I don't even know know if I get pregnant next year will we be out of the pandemic will we ever be out of the pandemic I I I don't know Hmm. were you scared were you afraid like during labor or after labor I don't think I was actually afraid until he was born once he was really born, yeah and it wasn't really afraid I kind of had accepted it and I thought I was like yeah this will be easy I wasn't afraid I was I was afraid that I was gonna have to have a c-section like I I mm-hmm. felt like this is just gonna happen I know so many women who think they're gonna birth naturally and then they go up in and they end up needing like an emergency c-section so I just kind of thought that was my fate and I really didn't want that mm-hmm. to happen because I feel like the recovery is worse um but other than that, no, I wasn't afraid. And then he was born and I was so afraid that he would like spit up in his sleep and choke or that he would just stop breathing. Um, I was, af- you weren't afraid for labor either. No, not really. I remember when they broke my water for grace, like I was like, ready, ready, ready. And then they broke my water. And then I was like, oh no, put it back. <laughs> I'm not ready. And they're like, too late now. <laughs> now there's no going back. No, I, was, I remember being like so scared. I'm surprised you weren't afraid. No, of labor. I was, I was more excited because I thought like, I thought I was going to go into labor and like, boom, I'd be nine centimeters dilated. <laughs> I was going to have a baby. So I was so excited, but it took forever. Well, especially with your first one too, it does. Cause your body doesn't really like it, it's the one, it's the first time your body's done it. And two, like you're, you're just kind of learning how to do it. Yeah. I'm hoping that's what they say. They say like, once you have a baby again, like your baby, your body knows what to do. So you tend to push them out faster or your labor goes much quicker. I, I hope, man, I really hope. Yeah. I hope, man. She says, so I, I wasn't really afraid until, like I said, after he was born, I didn't sleep for probably three days. Like did they, did they strip your membranes? Do you remember? No, they didn't. No, they did not. Hmm. So, so yeah, so I, didn't sleep for three days after he was born, maybe even longer than that. And I would just sit awake and stare at him and like hold my hand above his little nose and make sure I could feel like air coming out <laughs> and that he was breathing. And when he would nurse, 
he would literally nurse for like an hour at a time on each side. He probably was falling asleep. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't, I just didn't know. I had never done this before. I didn't want to delatch him. And I was so uncomfortable, like with nursing, like, so I was, I was afraid of, ner- I was very nervous about breastfeeding and thinking that that experience wouldn't work out. So I was afraid mm-hmm. about that. But other than that, no, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid about becoming a mom. I, I was pretty sure I would, I would be able to figure that out until actually we so got was- ready to leave the hospital. And then I was like, wait, what? Are you sure we're allowed to just take him? Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. So nursing, it was it difficult. I know you said you were really afraid of it. Did you have a difficult time with it? In hindsight, I guess I didn't. I guess my my experience was very typical, but because I had nothing mm-hmm. to ex- compare it to at the time, it felt very hard. I can remember the lactation consultant coming in and she's like, he has a great latch. Mm-hmm. You're doing great. And I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable. This hurts. Like no position holding him felt normal. Like I felt like my arms were really sore and felt awkward, like cradling him. Mm-hmm. And that was, that probably took at least a month, maybe six weeks to get used to, to nursing. And of course, like your nipples hurt like hell. And people will tell you, you can use like a washcloth and like rub them in the shower before. I don't really mm-hmm. think that that helps much. Um, I don't think there's really much you can do to prepare your nipples for that, for nursing. You just kind of have to do it and it hurts. It definitely hurts. But I can remember at like his two day checkup, the doctor was like, he's doing great. Like he's gaining weight just like he should. He's having enough diapers. Like you got, you guys are doing great. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause this hurts me really bad. And she's like, and that was the other thing too. They kept t- saying like, it shouldn't hurt. Like nursing shouldn't be a painful experience if he's like latched correctly. But I think that's bogus. I think that nursing for the first few weeks I don't care if you have like the best latch, uh, your nipples are super sensitive and they're not used to having something stuck on them for hours on end all day long. So mm-hmm. they're going to get raw. Well, especially cause you, you had said you were letting him nurse for like an hour on each side. That's a long time. I don't, I don't think I ever like when oh, Grace yeah. and, and her eyes, like you could tell like it, her little chin would like wobble. And that's how I knew she had fallen asleep. If she fell asleep nursing and I just de-latch her. I don't think I, I don't think I ever spent an hour nursing I have the kids so I use an app and I like you said I'm a mm-hmm. numbers person I'm like very religious about how I track things and so mm-hmm. I had an app um that I used to like record like how long he would nurse on one side and the other mm-hmm. and yeah I looked back at the log and I used to spend literally like over two hours in one nursing session seven eight times a day and so I just, I just was not getting any sleep. It was, yeah, that's wild. It was bad. But yeah, hopefully now that I'm like a pro at nursing with the second baby, I'll be like, okay, <laughs> like, like pop them off, like after 20 minutes and be like, you're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think my kids, like maybe when they were little, but they just kind of, after a certain amount of time, they were like, okay, I'm done. Like, I don't think mine ever even stayed attentive for that long to, to try and nurse that long. Like they kind of, they would let me know then they were full. I just didn't know. I had no idea. And I, and I guess I knew you used to get mad. I remember you would say too, like, he's just using you as a pacifier. And I'd be like, no, he's not. And I, cause I just didn't know. But like now looking back on that, like, yeah, he definitely was. He never took a pacifier either. So um, mm-hmm. I think that for a baby, it's just comfortable for them to just stay there and to just sleep. And I would, just right. Which is, I mean, again, that's another thing that's like really personal. And if that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. It just makes, it it definitely makes your life and your time more difficult because now you're, you are 100% dedicated to this child and being, you know, a pacifier and letting them fall asleep on your breast and stay asleep on your breast. It just means that you have less time to do things for yourself. And that's why, Mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I let it happen and I did it and my kids slept in my bed and that was the easiest thing ever. But, um, I just, it's, it's to each his own. So we're not shaming either way. Totally do what you want. But that's, I, I remember. No, it's hard. Cause I, I think back on it. Sound like I was judging you or being like, oh my God, you're letting your kid pacify on your breast. Like, no, do what you got to do. No. And I can, I can remember too. Like, so, so thinking back on it, I'm like, yeah, maybe I wish I would have not let him nurse as long because I could have like put him down and done something. But then there's also like <laughs> that bittersweet part of me. That's like, 
like I cherish those moments. And I can remember like I watched so many shows and mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would just sit what were your couch. shows? Oh, what is that show called? It's um like what's the show that reminds you of like first, like first motherhood, like like beginning motherhood? Call the midwife, it's called. Um okay, yeah. I remember and you were watching that previous previously. No. Jack, I watched Hawaii 50. That was like like and I haven't watched it ever since, but the first like month that he was born that I was just attached to the bed and the baby that's what we watched Hawaii 5 vote together no I never I never watched this before I gave birth this was like my postpartum show and mm-hmm. it's it's based on like uh in England during like the 50s or 60s and the midwives are the nurses that deliver the babies and mm-hmm. oh it's just just so many emotions so many hormones running through me how long did you end up staying at the hospital uh so Technically, I was there from Tuesday morning till Thursday around like midday. And Jeff was about to leave me at the hospital on Thursday. Like he was like, if, <laughs> he was like, okay, bye. <laughs> he was like, if they do not discharge us, I'm not staying here another night. Like I'm leaving. I'm going home. And I was like, you cannot go home. So, so technically we were there for two <laughs> Jeff days. Jeff was about to leave me. He was. He hated it. And then, oh my gosh, could not believe him. Wednesday during the day was like a blur. But I can remember he went and like got like so the hospital would bring me food, like meals mm-hmm. that were awful. And Jeff went and got himself like a sandwich from the cafe or something like that. And mm-hmm. he didn't get me one because he was like, well, the hospital's going to bring you food. I'm like, you think I want to eat that nasty, like turkey, whatever the heck they have. And like, I could have like a nice deli sandwich. <laughs> also too, I don't know why I didn't ask him to like go and get takeout. Like I gave birth in Hartford. There are restaurants all around us. And I've seen so many like birth stories after the fact and people are like, oh, what did you have? Like, what was your post-birth meal? And everybody's like, oh, you know, I had like my favorite restaurant. I had takeout. Like, why didn't I do that? I, don't, I can just remember like, nothing was that? enjoyable. Yeah. I couldn't sit. My butt hurt so bad to sit down. Like the food was gross. It was just, it was just awful. But um, yeah, so back to Wait, the Wait, so how long, how long, you th- two, two days, but Jeff said, if you have the safer third, I'm, I'm piecing out. Yeah, so technically, technically we were there, Jeff and I were there for two days. We were only, mm-hmm. so with Jeffrey, once he was born, we were only in the hospital for a little over 24 hours. So he didn't need to stay for any extra time or anything like that. Uh, was he circumcised? Yes. Yes, he was. That was. Awful. Did they take him out of the room? Did they take him out of the room for that? I believe that they did. Yeah. But most of the other stuff. And so they, they had to do a lot of testing too, because um, Mm -hmm. as you guys know, from our second episode where we talked about our boys and Jeffrey having lymphedema, that was noticeable at birth. They, they saw how swollen his feet were. And that was a concern for the doctors. They weren't sure what was going on and they wanted to make sure he didn't have any like um, severe genetic chromosomal issues or like a heart condition. So they, they took him out of the room for like a few hours on Wednesday to like run a ton of blood work and tests to make sure that like he was healthy and they brought him back and they were like, stressful. it was very stressful. They brought him back and they were like, he's very healthy. We don't know. We just, we have no idea what this is. So. And did you have you, and you didn't have visitors, right? You couldn't see anyone because it's COVID. No. Yeah. We had no visitors. I was, I was so upset. Um, and who was the first people to visit after he was born? Was that us? Technically, it was my friend Sam because the day that we got back from the hospital, she brought Stark back to us because mm-hmm. Stark was staying with her. So I believe Sam was the first person to come over. I don't. I don't remember. I don't think we were there until like a week or two after you had him. No, like we didn't. He was him like fresh. He was four days. Like old. he was. He was four days old when you guys came. I remember. Okay. Yeah, but I I remember him being like. Not, it wasn't like super, you know, it wasn't like we went to visit you in the hospital or anything. You couldn't. And I remember it was like really iffy and I, all of us wore masks and the kids wore masks mm-hmm. and yeah. So it was, so I, we I remember very, very we, took, we took those pictures afterwards. Remember like all the little newborn squishy mm-hmm. pictures and he, he was four days old and you did like the footprints for me and his, um, that book on the night you were born. I think it was Brandy, myself and Grace the kids. And Jack came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, like with visitors, that was so nerve wracking because we were so afraid of COVID at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And COVID was still very new and super scary. So as visitors would come over, we would ask them to wear masks. And most people were pretty good about this, but we did have some family mm-hmm. members that gave us a lot of like crap, crap, 
mm-hmm. about wearing a mask. And like, some of them were like, no, we're not coming to see you. And like, in hindsight, I don't regret asking people to wear masks. We, mm-hmm. we made that decision based on the information that we had at the time. Um, well, I mean, even before COVID there's like RSV and stuff. And oh yeah. Especially during like flu season, people just, it's, and, and it's not your baby, you know, it's, you're not the mom and dad, so you don't get a say, oh, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but you don't, I, if you, if, if people don't want you to touch your baby, don't touch their baby and don't be offended by it. Like, I can remember too. And so another, your another big thing is like, you should not kiss newborns. Like don't kiss mm-hmm. somebody else's newborn ever. And, and I'm saying that like, as my opinion, and like, you can be offended listening to this, but like, I don't think that you should kiss somebody else's newborn ever. I don't think it's ever appropriate. No. Oh, like on the face, like, just don't do that. Because mm-hmm. like Keanu was saying, RSV is it's deadly in newborns. And we had a visitor, I will not name any names, family member who she pulled her mask down and kissed him on his, I don't know, his forehead. And I can just remember my blood boiling. And like, I didn't have the guts to like say anything and be like, please don't mm-hmm. do that. And I know no harm was meant by it, but just, I was, I was furious. So well, also, I'm sure that was an older family member. I, yes. I doubt like, and I think that that's like a newer age thing too. Cause you know, we're all from different generations, but you just got to be respectful. And that's something that sometimes needs to be reminded. But yeah, it was, it was actually really nice to have visitors afterwards. And I, I do have to say like so many friends and family like stopped over and like brought me gifts and like comfy pants to wear and food. And I super, super appreciated that. Yeah. The food train is like the best thing ever. Yes. Although bringing, bringing new parents food. I have listened to some other podcasts where moms have talked about, because once you have like a family and your own kids to feed and stuff like that, like just time wise, it's, it's hard. It's difficult to prepare a meal and you might end up like making something that maybe like people don't like or eat or have dietary restrictions. So you could do something like Uber eats or a gift card or something like that. And then the Mm -hmm. couple can just like get food takeout. And I'm like, well, that's a really good idea. So, yeah. And then you don't have to worry too Definitely. about like your fridge or freezer being full. Like, cause we had so much food too. I remember some of the stuff was good. Yeah. And you didn't, you it. didn't have a second freezer. Yeah. You didn't have a second yeah, freezer. So we just didn't want to end up like throwing any food out, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, other than that postpartum seemed to go be going pretty well. And then I had that whole tuck pad incident so like I was saying earlier in Kiana's episode I (laughs) I had give I was given like you know the container of tux pads that they give you like a bag of goodies like and and take all that stuff home with you don't leave it in the room and Mm -hmm. all these creams and ointments and all of that and like you basically make like a medical medicine concoction and you you know fill your diaper with like an ice pack and all of this stuff those mesh underwear and I had ran out of tux pads. And so I had these witch hazel wipes and I thought that that was like the same thing as a tux pad. So I remember I like, they're sha- yeah, they're shaped the same. They have like a similar container. Like it's all, they all look very similar. They're much, they're actually much bigger than a tux pad because I took scissors and I cut them to like make them mm-hmm. smaller. Cause I was like, Oh, like I don't need this whole thing. I'll just use half. So I cut them into smaller pieces and I like, it was probably like 3am and I tucked one up there and then I went back to bed and I woke up and I was burning like oh my god I remember I got a very graphic picture of of your incident and I was like why did you send me this (laughs) she's like something's wrong I need to go to the doctors I was she sends she's like what do you think I'm like please don't screaming in pain and I told Jeff I was like please go to the pharmacy like get a tux pad so he like went out and like I can remember like just like I'd never been in pain like that in my life I called my doctor's office I ended up Jeff brought me there and, um, they took my blood pressure and my blood pressure was through the roof. They, they, my doctor looked at me and she said, if your blood pressure does not come down, we are calling an ambulance and you're going to the hospital. Oh my God. Yeah. And I, so I, and I was like, do you think you had any like postpartum, not, not like that specifically, but do you think you had any postpartum depression? Yeah. Or, you know, whatever emotion. I don't think I, I don't think I was like depressed in any way, but like your emotions are definitely like heightened because, um, I feel like I cried a lot. Like, and also with Jeffrey having lymphedema and his feet being mm-hmm. puffy, I was just such a nervous wreck. Like, yeah, probably for the first three or four months, I would just, I would think about that and I would cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like me personally, besides that whole incident with like the tux pads, 
I feel like I was fine. I did feel like my stitches took a little bit longer to heal because I can remember mm-hmm. like if I was standing for too long, like I can remember standing like at the dishes and like doing the dishes and like just feeling like I had so much pressure, like my pressure, yeah. my, my lady parts just felt so heavy and achy and sore. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being five weeks postpartum and my husband was like, come on, you know, you wanna <laughs> like, let's, let's do it. And I'm like, get away from me. <laughs> so before going in, you're forcing him and then the other half. I know. He's the tables of my, 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 the tables have turned. But yeah, actually we did. We actually did have sex five weeks postpartum, which is not recommended. And I had not been cleared by my doctor. And it was, that was more afraid. I was more afraid for that than I was for going into labor was having. Yeah. You just, you, yeah, yeah. You just have to be very, very careful. Cause it's like serious. You could get an infection really bad and that's like the end of it. So it was fine. No infections occurred. So no, because it's not guaranteed that it happens, but it can happen if your cervix isn't open, which is why they say to be cleared by your doctor. So that way there's no possibility of that happening. Yeah, we were good. It was fine. I had a doctor's appointment like a few days later and she was like, you're good to go. And I'm like, no, tell me I'm not. So I don't have to do this to myself again, but, um, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, I feel like we're nearing our natural end. How about we'll go over our moments of grace and we'll bid you adieu. Okay. You first or me first? You can go first. It's your episode. So this past Sunday, instead of getting chores done for the week, like meal prep and cleaning and doing all of the Sunday things that I do, my friend Sam was um, having some of her family over. So she invited me and Jeffrey to stay over for the day and just kind of hang out. And I was like, yeah, okay, we'll stay for a couple of hours. But then before I knew it, like the whole day had gone by and I was like, oh man, I got to get home and do some stuff. But it was actually just really nice to just give myself some grace to just be like, you know what? It's okay. I can just hang out and not have to worry about all the stuff that I need to get done. And thankfully I work from home. So that kind of makes my life a little bit easier with not having food prepped because I can cook myself lunch. Hmm. I, can I give you a little, a little touch of grace right now? I'm watching cause we do this, we record on zoom and I'm watching it and your muscles look very defined in this, like sh- in your shadowy, like you look very buff right now. Wow. <laughs> I can see all of your creases around all of your muscles and your shoulders. You look very, very strong right now. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> so there's your moment of grace from me. Um, no, my moment of grace this week, um, grace, my grace is, um, leaving me for the first time, um, for the longest time that she ever has. And I am an emotional wreck. And I was not one of those ones that cried when she went to kindergarten. I might've cried like a couple of tears, but I was never, I don't remember ever being super emotional when she was doing those things. And I feel like out of nowhere, I know she's not an adult yet. She'll be 11 at the end of this month, but out of nowhere, I feel like I blinked and she just needs me a lot less. And that really hit me last night when I was putting them both to bed and realizing that last night was the last night that I'll have her for like nine days or something. Mm -hmm. And I literally, I, I put Jack to bed and every night she goes in there. She's not supposed to, but every night he'll call to her and she goes in there and soothes him or sits with him for a little while. And I didn't know that he did it every night. I could hear her walking around, but, um, I was laying, I, but anyways, I, so I put Jack to bed and then I went and laid down with grace and I just sat in her room and I just was there with her and it just staring at her as, you know, an almost 11 year old who's getting ready to go on her first solo vacation. She's going with family friends, but, um, her solo vacation without us, her family, and she's totally not. And I'm trying really, really hard. I was trying really hard not to like make her feel sad or see how sad I was, but I'm, I bawled, I I came downstairs and I literally just cried my cried to myself for a good, like 20 minutes because she just doesn't, she's getting to that point now where she doesn't really need me all that much anymore. And I think I need her more now than she needs me. And that was kind of very bittersweet. And I feel like out of nowhere it happened. So treasure your babies for as long as they need you. My husband keeps saying, don't worry, Jack still needs us. I'm like, I know, but it's not the same grace. You know, you're, you love your kids differently. Um, you love them the same amount, but you love them differently. And grace has, you know, she, she was the little person who made me a mom. So it's really, really hard to see her not needing me so much and realizing I need her more than she needs me, honestly, most of the time. So there's my moment of grace as I'm tearing up at the end of our episode 11. <laughs> no, it is. It's, it's, I can't, I can't imagine even, you know, I know Jeffrey's only one, but 
yeah, the thought of him even going to like have a sleepover or something like that. I'm like, oh no, I, I can't be away from my baby. He needs me. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be sad to like come to that point where you realize your children do become more independent. They really don't need you as much. I can't imagine what college is gonna be like. And that's what she said. <laughs> She's like, Mom, I'm not like leaving, leaving. She's like, Don't worry, you have like 10 years till I go to college. I'm like, it feels like you're getting ready to leave me right now. <laughs> yeah, let you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Hopefully it gets easier and easier, but I doubt it will. No, I'm sure it never does. But that's our moments of grace. And that's our episode 11 birth story. Next week, we'll talk about Jack's birth story. And it'll complete our three-part series of birth stories of the babies that we have. And maybe next year around this time, we'll be telling Tyla's birth story. Maybe. We'll have to wait and see how all that plays out. Maybe definitely we'll have an episode on pregnancy before that. Mm, Definitely. All right. Bye, guys. We'll talk soon. See you later.